Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by that good-looking young Italian man hanging on the sidelines of that terrible 49er game today. Are you a fan of the San Francisco 49ers? Are you the type of fan that goes, boy, I wish, I wish we had a young strapping Italian buck at the helm of this team. If only we had that man. Well, look no further because it looks like he is coming back and coming back sooner than we think. Obviously not this season, but he's definitely on the way. So if you're a fan of that kind of man, tune in next year because Jimmy G will be here. Now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment. We love to hear from you. And if you're going to comment via the YouTube platform, which is the most popular one of the three in terms of uh, audience interaction, be sure to click the little bell on the right if you subscribe to YouTube because uh, YouTube's algorithm will not notify you when our shows go live unless you click the little bell. That's how it works in the quirky little world of YouTube. Yes, that is how it works in the quirky little world of YouTube. So this was a rough game for Downer Faithful. And what we're going to do is we're going to start off by talking about some positive. We're going to talk about three positive takeaways that you can get from this game. I know it might seem hard, but we found them. And then after that, we have a special section for you. Yes, you, the 49er faithful, the one who, when this season ends, will stop watching any sports or, you know, will only casually watch sports from now till the return of the San Francisco 49ers. We're talking to you. Yes, you. You. Me? Yeah, you. You in the car. The reason for the section, the reason it's for you is because we are going to give you, Raymond and I are going to give you three different reasons. Well, maybe the same reasons. We haven't checked with each other yet. Three reasons why you, yes, you, should watch the Golden State Warriors. Why, after this season, you should mosey on over. If you're not already doing it, if you are, we applaud you. Yes, excellent. That is the San Francisco way. But if you're not, we're going to give you three reasons why. Three reasons each for a total of six. I know my math. That's for you. Yes, you. But if you're not, then you're just a really odd Bay Area sports fan. You really are. But judging by our numbers, you guys are out there. They do exist. So before we get started, bro, though, as always, we must begin first with that Goldcast intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! Yeah, buddy. Here we go. All right, so... What a brutal day to be an American citizen who happens to have been born or resides in the city of San Francisco or you, you, you 
describe yourself as a 49er fan. You do not have to be from San Francisco. You do not have to be from the Bay Area. Looking at my buddy Andy. Looking at my buddy Irish Niner fan. Uh, or you could be a, a diehard from the area, John Niner. So, you do not have to be any of those things. But if you do describe yourself and consider yourself a San Francisco 49ers fan, then today was a brutal day in your life. We're going to start with three positive takeaways. I'm going to start with the first one. Ramey's going to drop the second two. So, number one, my number one positive takeaway was the sponsor of this show. It was a little bit of a hint at what was to come. It was called foreshadowing, if you will. My takeaway, Raymond, Jimmy G, not only not on crutches, which we saw last week, not on crutches, but with the team on the plane to Seattle. Let's go. It's one step closer. Let's go. It's on the sideline. Next step is the field. I was very happy. <laughs> Each little step he takes, Ray, is one step closer. You said it best. Each little step. It's like little baby steps. It's just a little baby quarterback. Just little baby steps. Just one, then two, then three. Hey, we've seen lots of other players come back from it. That was my big takeaway. Raymond, why don't you give them your two big takeaways? Well, I think the obvious one, for those of you that watched the game, you'll this will sound familiar, but for those of you who may perhaps missed the game or were working or whatever the case may be, uh, Dante Pettis, our draft pick, actually had a breakout game. He had five receptions, 125 yards. He averaged 25.8, and he had two scores. One was a 17-yard touchdown catch, which actually was a more impressive because he caught the ball in the short uh, flat, or in the, sorry, and he just did a, a quick little short post and caught the ball and kind of turned to his right, stiff-armed the guy, and then ran in for the touchdown. So it was great to see that extra effort getting that touchdown. His first catch of the day was actually a decent catch, but he was just showing that rookie that lack of awareness that rookies often show where he didn't see the first down marker. And instead of running vertically, he ran horizontally and missed the first down. Although we got the first down on the fourth and one uh, running play on the very next play, but little things like that, you know, will get cleaned up over time. Other than that, he had a good game. He really, he had the 75 yard touchdown catch, which was a perfect throw from Nick Mullins because Dante Pettis never broke stride when he caught the ball and was able to put on that speed, uh, put that, that speed on display for everyone to see. And it was very impressive. It was great. You know, he, he, he burned everybody and that was something that we knew he had coming out of college. So to see it kind of light up the same way that we've seen George Kittle, you know, light up the stat sheets with big catch and runs. It was nice to see somebody else contributing to that, uh, you know, outside of uh, Kittle and, and Pettis. You know, another draft pick is basically what I'm saying because, you know, Marquis Goodwin is gone, is, is down right now. And, you know, I don't really see him as a long-term option for us. Same goes with Garcon. He's out the door soon, too. And then the second highlight, too, was um, DeForest Buckner. He had two sacks today on Russell Wilson, which is not easy to do. He's one of the most elusive and mobile quarterbacks in, in the NFL. And for him to get him twice is great. And a lot of that seemed to come when he was paired with Ronald Blair, who also chipped in with a sack today. But DeForest Buckner's up to nine sacks. And we still have a lot of, you know, a decent amount of football left, uh, several games left. So, if he gets into double digits as an interior defensive lineman, there's a really good chance that he's going to make the Pro Bowl. And I'd be really, really stoked if we were able to get 
Pro Bowl representation on both sides of the football. That's a step in the right direction. I think George Kittle's certainly in the running for that on the offensive side of the, the ball. And DeForest Buckner is certainly making a strong case. That's my boy. Yeah, exactly. Making a strong case uh, for a Pro Bowl selection on interior defensive linemen. I have to look at the rest of the interior guys because, you know, obviously Aaron Donald's going to be there. He's he's most likely going to get Defensive Player of the Year. He's leading in every single defensive category, almost all defensive categories. But uh, those are the two things that stood out. Other than that, it seemed like the Niners never really were able to establish themselves. It was kind of a they were just dead in the water from the very beginning. Nick Mullins, you know, he threw for a lot of yardage, but, you know, didn't really amount to much at the end of the day. And even at the end, when they were trying to put some points on the board for the sake of dignity, if not anything else, he ended up looking more like C.J. Beathard and giving it right back to Seattle for a pick six. You know, it was like an 80 or 90 yard pick six. It was it was we, were, we had already lost. So it wasn't just like salt on the wound or kicking a horse when it's down. It was more like somebody stepping on an already broken spine and breaking it in several other places for good measure. That's what it felt like. But at least, at least we had standout. At least we had single standouts on both sides. Yes. Can I say this? Number one, first, I want to go back to the positive. Uh, we don't really talk about this a whole lot on this uh, podcast. We probably should because it's really fun. Uh, I spent so I have, I'm in two fantasy leagues. My brother and I are in a family fantasy league, and then we are also in a. I'm in a separate league here in Los Angeles. And I, uh, I'm i doing great in both leagues, going to the playoffs in both. But I, in my other league, in my, my LA league, we have something called a fab system. So I don't know if you guys have this. You guys should totally try this if you, have, if you don't have this. A fab system is you get 100 points to basically auction and bid for players every week on the waiver wire. You get 100 points points 100 100 fake dollars fake points right it's not real you're not putting up your own real money and so every week everybody can get any player it just depends on who bids the most you can bid zero dollars or you can bid a whole hundred if you wanted and lose everything in one player it doesn't really matter the cool part is is that what it really does the reason i really endorse this and i'll get into to the point in a second here but the reason i endorse the fab is because when you use the fab system it makes the whole strategy of picking up players off the waiver wire very strategic because if Raymond's going for a player, it's like, let's say, for instance, this uh, Kareem Hunt situation goes down, right? Kareem Hunt goes down. He gets suspended. Uh, he puts put on the commissioner's exempt list. Spencer Ware, his backup, is right there for the taking. Now, in a lot of te- in a lot of fantasy leagues, it goes by a waiver wider and it goes by order. So if you're not in the proper order and someone outbids you, you lose the player. That drives me nuts. What's cool is Raymond and I, if we're in the same league, we both have equal opportunity to bid on Spencer Ware. The question is, who's going to bid more? How much is he worth to which guy? That's the best part. So Raymond drops 30 fab. I drop 31 fab, I get him. If I drop seven fab, Ray drops 15 fab, Ray gets him. It drops a whole new wrinkle in your fantasy league when you do, when you have the fab system because every player is gettable. You can get players for zero. I've gotten a ton of players for zero, zero dollars on the waiver wire. Now, the beginning of the year, week three, 
I spent 25 of my fab, a quarter of my fab, and I got George Kittle. I I, I beat the uh, so me and uh Louie, Louie the our LA Rams co-host that comes on to the show from time to time. Louie, Louie and I both bid for George Kittle. He dropped 24 fab, I dropped 25. We are both tied for first place in this league. We're both getting first round buys. And you never know. George Kittle could be the edge. I did beat him once. He hasn't beat me yet. I love holding that over his head. So that is the best fab I spent all year. And I have George Kittle in both my leagues. And he is a monster. Ray, did you know that he has more yardages, more more yardage uh, post-reception than anybody in the league except for yardage after catch except for Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley is the only guy who has more than him. Isn't that a crazy stat? And and he's a, and Saquon Barkley's a rookie too. He's he's been impressive. Uh, I've, he's a very dynamic back. But I mean, George Kittle's just on another level. This this year he's really he showed flashes last year and he had some drops last year. But he's just really really come on. That was just an amazing play. And he, he's just got terrific hands. He's hard to bring down. He's got sneaky speed that you de- he's very you don't see it from him. You know, he's uh, he's definitely a, a dynamic player in the making because he's also a fantastic blocker. You know, it's not like Vance McDonald, who always showed potential in the, in the receiving game, and, but, you know, never quite lived up to it, but was always in, an excellent blocker. George Kittle is, you know, the, the next evolution of that, of that hope that we had in Vance McDonald. And he, you know, Vernon Davis too, you know, Vernon Davis was a pro bowler for one year, but he's never, never was able to consistently do that. I don't know if that was a combination of him or a combination of offensive coordinator we had at that time, but, or throughout his tenure. But, you know, George Kittle has just been a huge bright spot all year long and he's always a a match, a mismatch nightmare. So, you know, you expect him to, to, to contribute because of that. And, you know, and he had a good game today, six receptions, 70 yards. He averaged, you know, 11.7 yards. He was the third, you know, best receiver on the team this year. Jeffrey Wilson, the rookie running back, he had eight receptions, 73 yards, 9.1. So he showed potential. That's another guy we picked up. And it seemed like, you know, Breda went down later in the game with the ankle and then Jeffrey Wilson took over. He had that one fumble that really wasn't a fumble. But he chipped in with 15 carries, 61 yards, had a 4.1 average, you know. But he showed, he showed, you know, some. He, uh, I guess that's like kind of a, an honorable mention I would make. Jeffrey Wilson. I don't mean to go off on a tangent here. I know we're kind of focused on Kittle here, but Jeffrey Wilson actually contributed on the ground and in the air at, for a total of what over over 130 all-purpose yards so that's pretty good for a rookie against a really a pretty good defense a defense is not so good against the run but pretty good against the pass and still very formidable you know overall they have a winning record they're they're in the playoff hunt so they're not exactly you know seattle's no slouch despite their age and the fact that they're more or less more of a shell of themselves than anything else these days but but still a competent team so, but anyways, back to your to your main mention, uh, Kittle's a beast for sure, and I think he's going to make the Pro Bowl this year. He is such a beast, and God, Vance McDonald. Speaking of blast from the past, that dude drove me nuts. God, man, I swear to God, he, oh my gosh, he dropped so many passes, so many, so many passes. Yeah, he did. That drove me nuts. All right, so here we go. 
Are you a? I feel like I'm doing a the uh the, this is like the part of that the sponsorship side of our podcast. Are you a 49ers fan that is just broken by the losing? Hey, so are we. But are you a 49ers fan like us that you go down with the ship no matter what? Hey, so are we. But are you a 49er fan that when the 49er fan season ends, you basically kind of check out of sports? Hey, we are not. We roll over and watch the Golden State Warriors. Now, a lot of Golden State Warriors fans out there, obviously. We know that this is a this is a great gold cast. We have amazing subscribers, amazing gold cast nation listening all year round. But we know that when it's 49er time, that is we are in our prime. And we totally get it and we understand why because this is the city by the bay. This is the city of red and gold. San Francisco, do or die, Joe Montana, Steve Young, let's go. But having said that, the Warriors are a badass team. And you know what? You know what helps the pain of losing? Winning. You know what helps the pain? When you win some championships. That makes me happy. You know what makes me happy? When the San Francisco Giants had a dynasty. That made me happy. You know what makes me happy right now? We're in the middle of a Golden State Warriors dynasty. So... We are going to give you, allow us, if we may, to give you three reasons each on why you, yes, you, should be watching the Golden State Warriors this season. Number one, this is my number one reason, Raymond, and it's going to sound a little weird because it hasn't actually happened yet. I say one of the reasons you should watch the Golden State Warriors. It's number one. They're moving to San, back to San Francisco, baby. Next year, baby. They're moving back to the city by the bay. They're coming back home. This team used to be the San Francisco Warriors. I know that was a long time ago. And they've spent more time as the Golden State Warriors than the San Francisco Warriors. But that still counts for something. You got to give credit where credit is due. This team... Is coming. They they were San Francisco first. They were San Francisco first. Hundred percent. Number one, they are coming back to the Bay, and if being in San Francisco isn't enough reason for you to die hard root for them, like they are the San Francisco 49ers or the San Francisco Giants, then I don't know what's wrong with you. You must be from Oakland. Raymond, why don't you give your first reason why our fans should roll over in and go watch the Golden State Warriors? Well, this could very well be KD's last year with some of the controversy that's in the reporting that's gone around, you know, and his comments he's made and speculation from the media world and some of the controversy with the team early on the season, although I, I think that's that seems to be less of a factor, especially that was confirmed by KD and all of them and, and the team themselves. So, but if it if it turns if it turns out he does go somewhere else, you know, you watching the greatest player in the association play on our team is certainly a treat, you know, and a privilege considering he's gotten us two titles and has had two Finals MVPs out of it. 
So watching him try to get it for a third time, it would be pretty remarkable and, and quite the swan song if it ends up being his last year with the, with the Golden State Warriors. But that's just me. That's a good one. I like that. Here is my second reason. That was a great one, Ray. I really like that one. It could be KD's last year, and this is your last year to watch greatness and watch history as one of the greatest ensemble teams ever constructed. Goes for a possible third title in a row. That would be crazy. All right. So the second reason, and I'm I'm tapping into I'm tapping into the 49er history here. The second reason you should watch the Golden State Warriors is because they're in the middle of a dynasty run, baby. And there's nothing that says 49ers more than a dynasty. It's what we're the most famous for. It's what we're known for is a dynasty. So why not celebrate the fact that the Warriors are in the middle of it? You have a chance right now to come in in the middle of a dynasty. The Big D, San Francisco has been to, what is it? I'm losing count, to be honest. Is it eight championships in, is, are we at eight? We're at Warriors, we're at seven out of eight years. Seven out of eight years we've been in a championship, right? No, three for, no, eight. Between 2010 and now. Eight, eight, yeah, because yeah, three World Series, four NBA four, Finals. Four for the Warriors, three for the Giants, one for the Niners. Eight championships in eight years. This is an opportunity to to see possibly the ninth year. I'm not guaranteeing it, but I'm saying there's a really damn good chance because this is still the best team in the association. And nothing says dynasty like the glory days of the 49ers. And this is your chance to jump in and watch. And then say jump on like a bandwagon. I don't care about any of that crap. Come support because they're in the middle of a dynasty. So... Our dynasty is in ruins, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but the Warriors isn't. And guess what? 20 years from now, they're going to talk about this. They're going to talk about this war- dynasty the way they talk about the 49ers dynasty. So that's my second reason. Watch another dynasty. This is, if you're keeping count. Now, here's the thing about the Golden State Warriors. The, real quick, and then I'm going to toss the mic back to Ray. The Golden State Warriors, one of the cool things is they're the team that the whole Bay roots for. San Francisco roots for them. Dirty Oakland roots, roots for them. We all root for them. So that's kind of cool. You know, I actually don't, I kind of like that. I think that's a cool thing. And this is going to be one of those teams they're going to talk about for years. They're going to talk about in the history books. This is one of those teams. And you have an opportunity to join it just the way they did. And the whole Bay gets around it. Nothing says dynasty like San Francisco. So here's your opportunity for a third dynasty in San Francisco, a San Francisco Bay Area sports team. You had the 49ers in the 80s and then the last one in the 90s. You had the Giants in the 2010s. And now you've got the Warriors from 2015 on. This is crazy. Join it. It's great. It's a great feeling. All right, Raymond. Your turn. This one's more be, more obvious because it's an immediate reason, and that's that Curry's healthy again. He came out of the gate playing very similar to the uh, Curry that 
won MVP honors in back-to-back seasons, and he started the season in that same way, leading the league in a lot of offensive categories. And he's healthy from the groin injury. They lost in their first game in his return, but uh, the fact that he's back, you know, brings a whole nother wrinkle to that team. Uh, they're the they're way more dynamic with him on the floor. They they spread the defense out more, makes it a lot tougher for teams to defend them with Curry on the floor because Curry's you know the point guard. He's a, the offensive facilitator. He's a great passer. He's also the best shooter in the league. So he can set up plays either by being a threat himself or drawing the defensive toward him to open up plays for other for other players. And KD does the same thing. So having two of the best players in the association on the same team doing the, on the same offense just makes it, it makes it a nightmare. So it's uh, it's it's definitely the reason to be watching in the immediate present. I like it. I like it. See, Raymond, I already see a trend going on. I'm talking legacy. You're talking uh, X's and O's in the game. I feel like this is a microcosm of all of our podcasts. We didn't plan it that way. <laughs> Just came out that way. Uh, we didn't, but absolutely. I See, I love this. So my third one, Raymond, is not going to surprise you. It's more about legacy. When the San Francisco 49ers hired a young coach by the name of Bill Walsh, Mr. Bill Walsh installed a type of short passing play offense that catered to the strengths of a young bird-legged quarterback by the name of Joe Montana, Joey M. There's Jimmy G and there was Joey M. I just made that up. That's not true, but we're going to roll with it. So Joey M, <laughs> they made a short, <laughs> they made a short passing style form that became known as the West Coast offense, and it revolutionized the game, and it has evolved all the way into what you're seeing today. But it was started in San Francisco. In 2015, there was a little Golden State Warriors team led by the Splash Brothers, Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, and they were trying to make a run. They were the best team in the league, and they were trying to make a run. And everyone said that a three-point heavy, pace-and-space team like the Golden State Warriors had never won a championship, and they couldn't win a championship. I saw Charles Barkley say that for the entire year going through 2015. The whole year he kept saying it wasn't going to happen. And what did they do? They defied the odds, and then... They made it happen, and they won. And you know what happened after that? They changed the entire game. P- playing from behind the, behind the arc, passing the ball, team ball, no more of this hero ball. We've kind of moved out of the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant era of solo hero ball, and we've moved back into fundamental basketball, but it has completely changed because why? The three-point has become so important. It has revolutionized the game. The Warriors' style of play has revolutionized how basketball is played and has changed it forever. And it has impacted the entire league for around the world. 30 years from now, when they talk about the game of basketball and what it has evolved into, they will come back to this era and the Golden State Warriors because they literally changed the game. The way the game was played in 2010 
is nothing like it's played now. And it's because of the Golden State Warriors. And there was a team in the 80s that did that exact same thing in the middle of their dynasty. And it was the San Francisco 49ers with the West Coast offense. So the reason that what I'm doing, Raymond's giving you the players and the what's happening on the court right now. And I'm giving you guys the legacy of what hasn't of how this legacy relates to the legacy of what we had with the San Francisco 49ers. And that's why those are my three reasons. Raymond, what is your final reason? The final reason is because they're about to do something that hasn't been done since the Kobe Bryant and Jordan eras, which is to win three championships in a row. Uh, well, actually, did the, I don't think Kobe won three in a row, did he? He won five. Yes. Did he win three straight? He did straight? with Shaq. He won two straight. Yeah, with Shaq. He did win three. That's right. Um, so they're about to do something that hasn't been done since that era and the Jordan era before them, which is very, very difficult to do. It only happens, you know, and in the association, it happens like maybe once a decade. You know, the last dominant team in the league was the San Antonio Spurs. They didn't win any in a row. They just won five over 15. Um, but that's still very impressive in and of itself. A different style of dynasty for sure. But to do it in the fashion that the Warriors are threatening to do is the hardest version to do. Because you're trying to sustain success within consecutive years. And that very well could happen. I think this is going to be their toughest year in order to accomplish that. Much like uh, their attempt to do it a couple years back when they lost the the they lost uh, what three out of four they lost that one that one to lebron so they're going to definitely try to to get that third one in a row and i certainly hope they do that i think we all do but that's if there's any one reason to to watch over another it's the fact that they're going for that three peat you don't want to miss that absolutely not you do not so there it is there are our six reasons why you, yes, you, should watch the Golden State Warriors and join us as we transition out of this season. The Niners only have, you know, we got about a month left of football. We will still, we're still going to cover the playoffs and stuff like that because I, I love post. Who doesn't love postseason football? Raymond and I will be covering all of that. Uh, we've got some little fun things in store for that later on. But of course, we will be moving on to the Golden State Warriors and. Those of our Goldcast Nation, these are six reasons why you should join us. It's going to be a badass season no matter what, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait because it's only going to get crazier from here. Now, Raymond, very quickly, let's move on to our Playoff Predicts. Last week on our Playoff Predicts, Raymond, you had, at this point, you had the Chiefs, the Pats, the Steelers on the AFC side. You also had the Rams, the Saints, the Washington professional football team on the NFC side. I had the Pats, the Chiefs, the Steelers as well. I also had the Rams, the Saints, but I disagreed on the Washington professional football team. I didn't even throw them in yet. I I went NFC North with the Bears. So give me two more additions. Who's going to go? Give me some wild card, baby. Wild card on NFC side? Yes. No, no, no. No, you still have one more division. Sorry, sorry. One more division. Which division do I have? 
You have uh, NFC. You've got the Rams and the Saints and Washington. So you haven't picked from the NFC North. So you have the West, you have the South, and you have the East. Oh, that's uh, that's easy. That's uh, I would say the Bears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know a, a lot of it is is due to the fact that they got Khalil Mack and that defense has really been solidified this year more so than the last couple of years that Vic Fangio has been over there. Um, he finally got some dynamic playmakers and is able to, you know, really make that thing hum because of, because of that. And that the defense carries the offense over there. They're eight and four. A, a lot of that because, because of that, I think more so of the defense. Well, they also have the greatest defensive coordinator in the game. RIP. Mm-hmm. Our old defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. God, that breaks my heart. Oh, it kills me. So, Raymond, who is your last AFC entry? You have the Chiefs representing the West, the Pats representing the East, and the Steelers representing the North. Who from the Topsy Turby AFC South, who will be joining them as the division winners? AFC South, you said. Yes. Gosh, well, it's certainly not Jacksonville at four and eight. Neither is it the. Uh, it's 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 been a runaway for the Houston Texans, so that's where I'm going to put my money. They're nine and three. That's kind of a given. They probably won't get past the first round, but it's a surefire pick. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I I think the Colts are still in the hunt. The Colts are still in the hunt, for sure. For sure. And they're pretty frisky this year. I will say... I They are, but they didn't help themselves this week by losing to, to the Jags. True. It's like six to nothing. It was a terrible game. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I will say on my side, I'm going to say I disagree with your Washington professional football team. I will see I will raise you one Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. I believe the Dallas Cowboys are going to be there representing the NFC East. And I also will agree that the Texans will be there. Although that doesn't mean I don't think the Indianapolis Colts won't be in the wild card. We'll find out later on in our playoff predicts. All right, so Raymond, final segment of the evening. Tell me, Raymond, 49ers, Broncos, next Sunday, at home, thank the Lord, at home, 1.05 p.m. on CBS we have to face those pesky Denver Broncos. What do you think? Where do you think Vegas has put us? Vegas has not trusted us for good reason. Where do you think Vegas put us this week? What would you say the line is? Mm, we're probably between seven and ten points. But give me a number. You know, I like to maybe worse. I mean, we've been getting blown out lately. 
You know, I like to narrow it down for you. You got to give me one number. Let's say eight points. Ooh, very close. Today, they have the Broncos by six. Broncos by six. Now, the question is, Raymond, Mm. do you take that bet? I think you take the over. You should have taken the over on Seattle. Clearly. Ugh. At this point, at this point, the the, the odd percentage, the, the percentage chance is, is really high. So you might as well play the odds in your favor, despite the fact that it'd be going against, you know, what you would want to happen in the game. You're right. I hate when you're this. I hate when you're right about the Niners losing. I know you don't want to be right about it. It's not your choice. I hate it, too. <laughs> <laughs> don't. It's a, ter- it it's a terrible a, gift. It is. <laughs> it is a terrible gift. All right, Raymond, before we leave, why don't you let them know? Where can they find you? I'd say Twitter is probably the best area. That's where I'm actually kind of interactive uh, as opposed to Instagram. I am on Instagram too, but Twitter is probably the – if you actually want to get in touch with me and like interact with me, I actually, I actually do communicate on Twitter from time to time, at least once a week, maybe sometimes more. Um, and that is, uh, at Ray Solis. Very simple. All right. And you can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis three and Twitter at Rudy Solis three R D. So concludes another edition of the gold cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis the third. And with me is my brother, my co-host Raymond Solis the first baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time. Same gold cast channel. This is, is the gold cast.